Welcome, Elder Emos. I'm your host, Samit. I'm Autumn. And I'm Brittany. And on today's episode of the Elder Emo Hours podcast, we have Kevin with Valley Heart. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on our show. We are very, very excited to have you and excited that we could actually make this work as quickly as we did to get you on here. Um, So welcome. We appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule to come hang with us because we know you've got a lot of really exciting things happening for you right now. Thank you. Yeah, it's exciting to be here. Um, So one way that we love to always start off all of our interviews and everything um, is to allow you to introduce yourself to our listeners. So give us a little bit of background on you as well as Valley Heart. Um, What's kind of the story behind you guys? Yeah, so we're from the North Shore of Boston um, in Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, I currently live up in Canada, Montreal, but we're essentially based out of there. Um, and we are a group of friends that have been playing music together for a while. Um, it's, the group has changed a little bit through the years, but the heart of the project was always writing dynamic rock music with friends that we love um, and playing those songs. And a lot of them, most of them are my songs that I write. And then I bring to the guys and we, we jam out and or rearrange. Um, so yeah, we're just about writing music that just through times and sort of documents certain seasons or phases of life and hope that it connects with other people and their story and their struggles and their joys. And uh, that's kind of what we do. And it seems like people are connecting with it. So that's kind of what we're about on the grand scale of things. Yeah, I was going to say, I was doing a little bit of, of research and everything before we had uh, we had this, the, the podcast and everything, just to kind of get a better feel of of who you guys were and like what you bring to your music. And I was reading, um, it was one of your bios about like your message and everything behind what you're writing and what you're bringing to your fans and everything, especially with your new release of Heal My Head of how you're, you're using your music to kind of have those tougher conversations about life and things and giving people something to relate to. And I think that that's something that's extremely admirable because a lot of artists don't do that or are afraid to do that. So the fact that you guys are doing that is a huge thing. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I don't think it's funny. I don't think it starts off that way, right? I think it's almost like that relationship happens within myself at first. It's like, I just need to get this stuff out. It's just therapy for myself. And then you kind of later hope that that sort of um, thing that happened with you and yourself happens between people in the music or even people and other people in their lives. But it's yeah now thinking back it's like that's definitely the goal of what we're trying to do but from a place it's always just like how do I get this stuff off my chest and onto the page and that's where it comes from oh yeah but it also gives uh, it gives that relatability between you and your fans it gives them somebody to connect to because when it comes to music music speaks volumes and it helps a number of people through a number of different things and your your music from when we were listening to it first of all I live at the beach and a lot of the stuff that you guys are playing is very beach vibe. Like lay, like I could be sitting on the beach, just listening to it, relaxing. And we were talking today about how calming a lot of the aesthetic is behind some of the songs that you have. Um, And 
the other thing that I think is really cool is the way that you have like your arrangement and everything is in your music is it's it's got a different dynamic of like some upbeat songs some lower stuff all of these different things but if you actually sit and listen to the lyrics like fully listen to them that's when you get a hit of the emotion and the story behind things and I was listening to I think it was some of the older stuff and it became super relatable to me I can't remember the name of the song but I was just like, if I sat here and listened to it word for word and focused on the lyric, I was almost personally attacked to a degree. But it's <laughs> so cleverly done. So kudos to you guys for that, because that's not Thank easy. You. Thank you. Um, so what made you decide to go that route with having more of those, I would say, maybe not vulnerable conversations, but the tougher conversations? when it comes to your music, what made you decide to do that? Yeah. Um, well, I think there's different genres of lyrical writing, right? Where I think sometimes I listen to a certain band or an artist and they have that sort of narrative storytelling, very vulnerable aspect about their writing. And I've always really connected to that style and sort of more naturally, I kind of write in that style where like how I find the compass of like, where do I even begin writing a song? It usually is about sort of a story in life or a topic or a relationship or a concept or an idea, as opposed to sort of streamline of consciousness words, how they work together. I think that other form of writing is equally as valid and sometimes even more healing. Like there are some artists that I listen to that like, I don't even know what they're talking about, but I get so much emotion out of it. Um, and I think that's really beautiful too. But just, I guess what comes naturally for me, it's like always, it's like almost painting a picture of a moment in time of, of a story or that kind of songwriting, lacing the Valley Heart stuff with just talking about things that we've been through or you know sort of moments in time um helps me just process and feels natural so it wasn't like really uh an intentional decision more so than it just feels what feels like comes first out of me more naturally than anything else but i think there's cool things you can play with with being more abstract with your lyrics and clouding them a little bit with some ambiguity or being more sort of direct with it and sort of always playing around with those two ends of the spectrum Absolutely. Now you were talking about like some of the artists and things that inspire you. So what, give us some examples of who those artists are that like uh, are an inspiration to you and behind your music and everything. Who, who really lays that mark for you? Yeah. Wow. It's a great question. There's so many, and I don't even think I'll scratch the surface because, you know, there's stuff that think I was into as a kid and then stuff that I'm into now that's like really awesome that all over the place but uh Stevens is an artist that I really love um who's a kind of through the years been someone I've listened to um you know he just has a way of writing things so beautifully and so uniquely and has that balance of sort of obscurity and narrative that I really love in his lyrical writing and then he does a lot of his own production and that's always really inspired me um i think justin vernon boniver i've loved his stuff throughout the years too classic um there's this artist classic right yeah uh his drummer s carry is like an artist i really love too uh sort of a lot of people in that world i really love um who else uh there's this guy named kevin crowder he's like a smaller artist out of indiana but he hasn't done music in a while but i've his stuff has really played a big impact on my life um just good songwriting very nice beachy vibes as you were saying but like really cool lyrical content as well 
um looking at my my record collections like kind of my right so i'm like trying to see what's going on there oh <laughs> i also love um a lot of i'm half brazilian so i grew up listening to a lot of bossa nova and like brazilian jazz and stuff so joan Gilberto, who's like a classic brazilian uh, songwriter and performer um love a lot of his stuff and like kind of the 60s and 50s 40s of the you know, brazilian bossa nova music i really love i listen to a lot of that um on especially in the summertime i really love that um kendrick lamar i've been loving his new album and damn is one of my favorite albums of all time his last record just how he conceptually tied in so many lyrical aspects and you know yeah not a not a crazy obscure very everyone loves him but yeah i really really of course yeah but yeah i mean those are some there's obviously more i'm just blanking right now but those are the ones i can (laughs) remember or at least see right now (laughs) right put you on the spot and ask you you know some of your heavy hitters Um, well, cause we were also, again, we, the three of us have a group chat outside of here that we kind of keep up with everything. And, uh, the way that Autumn had put it up is your sound is very much, uh, cool. very much resembling to this wildlife. I don't know if you've heard of this wildlife. Okay. They're, um, a touring band have that have a very similar sound to you guys. And that's what she says. She goes, this is very like this wildlife where it's got that, that calm, but fun. Cause like looking at your music video for numbers, that's a fun music video that you yeah. guys have. So seeing that contrast between what a little bit of your message was per what we had read and then seeing that one, it's just, it's, it's a lot of fun ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think playing with that idea of contrast is always nice. Right. Cause I just sort of having fun with it sometimes or like you're writing introspective stuff, but like sometimes it's nice to, whether it's the music or the video, just like offset a little bit of the lyrical content since it is more direct with something that feels a little more, I don't know, just artistic in a different way. You know, you're not just like, mm-hmm. not like me, like in a, you know, feel just like all emoed out. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's always a nice way to contrast the lyrical content, I think, is what I like to, to see it as sometimes. Absolutely. And then you meet us and we are elder emos and that's kind of where we thrive <laughs> all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we are it was not a phase mom i promise i'm 31 and i'm still living in it amazing <laughs> um but the so kind of gearing in towards so we know some of what your inspirations and everything are um we know a little bit about you a little bit about the music and things like that um but like we said prior to starting this we want your artists not your artists you are the artists words <laughs> <laughs> great i had a stroke but uh, we want we want your fans and everything to to connect with you guys, like connect with you on a personal level yeah. because we think that they support you a lot more and it makes you more relatable. Um, so we have a couple different questions we love to ask to get to know you that are still music based, some that are not. Cool. Um, cool. And one of the the most popular ones that we ask, um, did you have uh, MySpace back in the day? <laughs> yes. <laughs> absolutely so I'm, 20, I'm 27 so i'm gonna be 28 next month okay but yeah myspace was seventh grade eighth grade oh yeah i remember the light coding that went into the profiles the song of the yeah. profile the top eight the top 16 oh i forgot about the top 16 oh, that just unlocked you? a core memory 
right? <laughs> Remember how the drama of just who was your first and then, yep. oh, man, so crazy. So the, the one thing about MySpace, though, that some people tend to forget is your profile song on MySpace yeah. was like your identity. Like it didn't care about anything else. It was profile song. Yeah. So a question we got asked in our very first live event that we ever did on social media was um, if you had MySpace today, Ooh. what would your profile song be? Okay. Good question. Cause I feel like t- today, like not like today as in the concept of today, but like today, like this very day, what would my, like today, yes. what's my favorite, what's my song today? Yes. Ooh. I'm going to pull up the old Spotify here. <laughs> Let's see what, what's going on here. Classic. Oh, you know what? I got it. So there's this band called Queen of Jeans. They're from Philly, I think. Okay. Uh, they have a song. They have an EP out now. Actually came out the same day as our record, June 3rd. Uh, they have a song called Hiding in Place, which I think is the name of the EP as well. Yes. And it's just such a jam. And I've just been listening to it so much. Like every day I listen to it and it would be definitely my song right now. I'll say, I don't think that I've ever heard of them. Queen of Jeans. Yeah. Now I'm, now I'm curious, Brittany, we're going to have to write that one down. Already did. Okay. I'll say, add that to our list. Cause I don't know that I've heard of that, but I'm like, I'm excited. Uh-uh. Um, so another, I mean, we do have a little bit more off the wall questions we love to ask too, but kind of keeping on this, this idea with social media and things like that. So social media back in the day, you know, we had MySpace, we had MySpace bulletins, we had yeah. flyers, we had street teams, we had all of these different things um, to like promote ourselves. And it was a lot harder than it is theoretically now with the way social media and everything is so one question we love to ask all of the artists that come on our show is what are your thoughts and feelings about how social media is with music now versus what it was say 10 years ago like how do you feel about that yeah I feel very torn often about how to feel about it I think, I mean, and you can kind of zoom that out and how I think I feel about the internet in general. I think the positive side of it is that we have so much more connectivity with people around the world, right? We know what's going on. We can discover an obscure artist in a random country who we would never have heard of if we didn't have that resource. And I think that's so cool. That's so beautiful. There's so many opportunities that that opens up in terms of discovery and connection and super amazing. Um, but I think the other side of that coin is that you lose, I think with that much, you start introducing, I think, just saturate oversaturation of certain markets, you introduce sort of decision anxiety on like what to do with your life or in this question specifically, like how to promote yourself or like, how do you get your name out there? But there's so many options and so many avenues. And, and I think, you know, there's always that balance of how do you, how do you get your name out there, but in a way that feels authentic and not just sort of chasing the wave of how people are doing it to, to blow up or something like that. Um, so I think it's very different. And I think I'm not one of those people that are like, this is all lame, how people are promoting themselves these days. Like it should be the way it used to be. I'm not like that because I think that things always move forward and we have to sort of learn and adapt. But I also am someone who's like constantly questioning 
is this helping our, our sense of health or even art, right? Like what is art now? And is it sort of this commodity that we're just supposed to like produce as content? And like, is it always part of sort of your life or there's just so many questions I have regarding this specific question. And I don't think I fall on either side of the coin. I think I'm just still figuring out how to do either path genuinely, you know? And that's completely valid. And a lot of artists have said that same exact thing is like, it's, yeah. it's one of those things like it's, it's good and it's bad, but it's also people are a lot of, very indifferent about it because it's, it's one of those things that it's super apparent right now. And everybody wants yeah. the social media thing, but then it's like, but is it really, it's a huge conflicting thing. So it's really exciting for us to ask that question to see yeah. just how everybody feels about it. And a lot of people have different hot takes on it. Yeah. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Some people are like, meh, it's just a thing. It's fine. Yeah. It's a powerful thing. It's a very powerful thing, which is why I'm always like, man, how do you steward this energy well? But, and then again, sometimes I'm just like my little story in that doesn't really matter, but it obviously matters in terms of what we're doing. But yeah, there's always just that big question behind everything, I think. Oh, absolutely. Uh, now, the we always have, we're going to kind of dive a little bit into these random off the wall questions that we love to ask. Yeah. And then we'll circle back towards the music. Uh, but we, again, we always want everybody to know who you are outside of the music um, because everybody outside of it, you're people at the yeah. same time. Um, and people love to see like who you are as a genuine person. We love it. For the record, anybody listening, if you hadn't noticed the three of us are like herding cats, literally. So <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, but we, anytime that we do any interviews with any type of artist of any shape or size, any genre or anything like that, we always get a little low-key nervous. Correction. I get low-key nervous. And then Brittany and Autumn are like, Sam, you're being stupid. <laughs> um, and cause we always want to make a good impression and I don't want the interview to end and be like, oh my God, that was terrible. Um, but we talked about this with friend circle, who is a band based out of Jersey. Okay. And the one thing that they had told us when we did the interview and they were like, no, like it was great. You didn't ask anything that was like really random, weird or off the wall or anything like that. So normal people, especially us being brand new at that time, we're like, well, what are those questions? So we don't ask them. Well, we asked them because it's become our best question yet. Cool. So, uh, Autumn, do you want to take this yeah. random question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you could be any sandwich, what kind of sandwich would you be and why? Ooh. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go boring PB, PB&J. We've been getting a lot of PB&J recently. Yeah. Classic. You can't go wrong. It works at night, works in the evening, you know, works in the day. It has the duality, right? You got just the two different elements of the peanut butter and the jelly. It's it's a classic masterpiece. You can't go wrong. Okay. But the better question, are you a grape jelly person or are you a strawberry jelly person? I am a lover of all jams. Okay. I, I <laughs> okay. love equally. I really do. I have no sort of preference. I love both a lot. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll give you that one. If you would have cool. said strawberry, I would have been like, okay, I'm out. Get him Thanks. Out. This has been great. Appreciate it. 
Brittany and Autumn got it from here. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to go leave and make a grape peanut butter and jelly. Nice. <laughs> that's fair. I'll give you that one. Yeah. Um, another question that we love to ask as well is if you could be in any movie, what movie would you be in and who would you play? Ooh, I could be in any movie. Which movie would I be? This is a tough one. Oh, yes. Um, and it could be real life or cartoon. doesn't have to just be, it can be anything. It's one of those questions where like, I'm blanking on every movie I've ever watched. I'm just like, Cinderella. It's like the only movie I can think of for some reason right now. What what are, what are movies are out there? What do we got? Um, um, are you a Harry Potter fan? Are you a Disney fan? Are you a Marvel fan? rom-coms yeah i'm not yeah i guess i'm not a big guy oh man i love you know eternal sunshine spotless mind i love that's one of my favorite movies oh okay okay but i don't really want to be anyone in that movie because yeah <laughs> it gets a little weird so trying to, what, what's a movie where the main character they end up like oh that's cool like that that guy, he's got a good life ahead of him there. Um, oh, there's so many of them. Now I'm drawing a blank. Now it's like you put me on the spot. Wait a minute. Yeah. Like all I can think about is Snow White. What's up? <laughs> Snow White. That's true. You're, you're on a Disney kick right now. You're naming all of these Disney. <laughs> I'm, on this, I'm going with the classics, you know, PB&J, Snow White, Saturday morning. You're watching Snow White with your PB&J, you know? Right. You know, those were simpler times. Simpler times, right? Less internet, less MySpace, just you and Snow White. Um, all right, movie. This might be the hardest See, question like, we've I, asked I'm thinking, already. I'm Titanic or something, but then it's like, I don't want to end up like, you know, Jack. So Look, I'm just ready, there was you know? enough room on that door for both of them. Definitely, definitely. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just feel like I love tragic movies. So, like, I don't want to end up like the main <laughs> character. So, I'm having a hard time here. Oh, no. You know, maybe maybe we'll go Cinderella. Why not? You know? <laughs> okay. That was okay. my initial instinct. So, why not? And I would be the prince, I guess. Why not? Okay. I mean, that's fair. And I'm ball out. Yeah. That's fair. I thought you were going to say Gus Gus for a minute, which is the little mouse. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No. Because, I mean, it's Gus Gus, and he's adorable. Right, right. But, okay, I'll give you that. I mean, oh, Prince Charming. I changed my answer. I'm going to give a Disney kick. Have you guys seen Soul? Yes. Yes, I love that movie, and I'd be the main character, because he learned a lot at the Joe end. Joe Garter, right? Yeah, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, Joey. Yeah. Good choice. That's I, need a good that movie. I need that lesson, like, every day, so I feel like it would benefit me to be that character. It's a good one. Yeah. That is a good one. Um, very even more random off the wall question that is also worth it. Some okay. great responses is if you woke up tomorrow and realized that you were a dragon, what's the first thing you do? Probably go to the doctor's office <laughs> to That's see perfect. what had happened there. 
that would be my first mistake. That's probably the most logical a, answer anybody has ever said. I'd be a little freaked out before I could enjoy in the festivities of being a dragon of like, what is the science or the spirituality that what happened here? Like, how did this how, happen? How? Yeah. Like, I would want to know how it happened. So I would probably go see a shrink or a, or a doctor. <laughs> then it's the question of, but am I really a dragon? Yeah, right. Or is it just a figment of my imagination? Am, am I dreaming? <laughs> like, pinch me. Right. Exactly. I mean, we're on this fairy tale kick. You said you'd be in Cinderella at yeah. first. And now mm-hmm. we're asking about dragons. At least, so we had the Maguas on our show. They're out of Pennsylvania. And we asked them that same question. And their turnaround response was, obviously, you'd have to find a donkey. Because, you know, from Shrek. Oh, right, right. Which is classic. That, that is a good one. That's a good one. Um, the Brittany, do you want to ask your question? The one that you have been dying to ask everybody? Sure. Um, how long do you think you would last in a zombie apocalypse? Hmm. Probably two weeks. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't die right away, but I don't know. I don't. See, I'm not one. Of, yeah, every person I see that survives a long time, they usually just have this like primitive, like can build a house with their bare hands. Like I'm, I'm not that guy either. So <laughs> I give myself a, a good two weeks to write it out. And I also feel like I don't know. I feel like I would lose. I would start losing my hope and my faith if like people I love start dying next to me or being turned into like that's when i would get it get spooky for me when i'm like i'm really in this on my own like my you know parents or partner is is now a zombie like i would i wouldn't want to hang out anymore i would want to just probably peace out so (laughs) i love how you put that i just probably want to peace out (laughs) that was so perfect yeah um, yeah, we just started asking that question. It's um, it's warranted a lot of really interesting responses from people. Like ninety percent of the people were asked, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I wouldn't last a day." <laughs> That's probably the realistic answer. But I was trying to be, you know, I was trying to flex on the podcast, you know, <laughs> two weeks. So <laughs> it's fine. We'll just we'll we'll cut out the part where we you just said you would only last a day. We'll just keep it at two weeks. Perfect. <laughs> you've got the Perfect. hero in you. You're Prince Charming. You've got the hero aspect. I'm a, well, if I'm a dragon it. during the zombie apocalypse, that's a different answer. You know right. I mean? Wait a minute. Now you're yeah, on to something. Oh, yeah. Now I'm. Yeah, exactly. So. Okay. Now, so if, if you hadn't noticed a little bit, uh, we, we are very much foodies as well. So a question that we always talk about, and we should have asked this after the sandwich question, was... Do you consider a hot dog a sandwich? No. Okay. We can stay friends. We're good. Hot dog is not a sandwich. I thought you said we weren't going to get political. Well, okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, fair. You got me on that one, okay? I can't. Dang it. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Man. Now you've got me thinking. I was like, that is, it's kind of like a, okay. Anyway, gears are, <laughs> gears are grinding. If you don't see the steam coming out of my ears. All right. <laughs> For, uh, right. 
Um, the Autumn, do you want to ask your question that you've got? Sure. Um, would you rather have the ability to fly or be invisible? Oh, fly. A hundred percent. I feel like people always say invisible yet. Like that's the worst idea. Your life would be ruined. You would, you know what I mean? Like you're going to hear what people say about you. It gets weird. You know what I mean? You can't be invisible. Ooh, like that That's too that's much. True. That's too much for you, for everyone. And flying is great. Like you could fly. Like, you know, it's, there's, you're not hurting anyone. You're not going to get your feelings hurt. I mean, you might get your body hurt, but <laughs> yeah, I, I would always say invisible because I just have this like curious personality. Like I don't want to, you know, be here and be a fly on the wall. And then I think as I've gotten older, I'm like, no, I wouldn't want that. Like that would I'd just get weird. No, because then do you imagine, can you imagine like the different things that you would hear maybe, uh, maybe about you or about other things? And you're like, I could have gone my entire life without hearing that. Exactly. Right. It's like that already happens to me being a visible person. I can't imagine. <laughs> like, that would yes. be like an invisible being. Let's please, so, let's I'll please add insult to injury here. So now I don't see it, but I can see it happening. Oh, gosh. Right, exactly. That's a valid point, though. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. it could make for a great record. Just saying. Yeah, no, it would. Yeah, if it works theoretically, it's great. But I just, you know, don't think it would. Yeah, you have to be a really strong person. Yeah. Uh, and as an uh, myself, as an elder emo, I am not. <laughs> not when it comes to emotionally and with that type of stuff. We're still working on it. I still haven't mastered that. So if anybody masters that before me, please let me know what that that life setting is. I will pay all the money in the world to get that life setting. Amazing. Right? So uh, bringing it back to the music and everything a little bit, you guys did just drop your complete brand new album, Heal My Head, on Tooth and Nail that just came out and everything. The album has been super well received. Um, it's, uh, like I said, it's amazing. Um, I have been streaming it over and over again for like a week now on repeat. Um, and we've been playing it on our emo nights and everything as well. And a lot of our listeners have well received it also. Um, so they're loving it at the same time. So talking about that album and the one, everything that you just released, what would you say off of that album is like your your favorite song that you either wrote or like enjoy performing what would you what would you say about your favorites yeah it's tough I really do love all of them I know that's such a generic answer but they all feel very special but if I had to choose a favorite guns my head I'd probably say the title uh title track heal my head the, the song um that one feels to me the most just experimental and sort of risk-taking sonically speaking and I think it really paid off to like have that just be different and then it sort of being the title track was super cool to see where it's like oh cool like you can really push the envelope on stuff and it could make it to like maybe one of the more popular ones or one that's sort of well received and production for that one was really cool we got really creative with how we got the drum sounds and really creative with like the production elements and I did a bunch of things on my own that sort of ended up making it on the track like I did it at my house um vocals were recorded wow. a little different so that one just feels 
just from like a creation standpoint, just like the most intentional, the most unique. Um, and I think every time I listen, it just, I hear the little choices that we made to get there and it's really cool. Interesting. Yeah. And you, now you do everything, all of your recording and everything in Boston, well, in Massachusetts. So how this record worked is I, uh, we worked with Kevin Billingsley, who was our former producer for our last record, our last full length. Um, but it, during the pandemic, since the last couple of years, I have been getting into more production for other people as well and mixing and doing a lot of stuff of my own. And I did our last EP all myself, which was fun, but also just way too much for me to handle by myself. So when it was coming to this record, I was like, I don't want to undertake 12 songs myself. So I roped Kevin in. I was like, hey, I want to do a lot of the production myself, but I also want someone to have that engineer sort of guidance i want you to like come i want us to like be partners in making this thing not so much like you're the main engineer and i'm the artist like i want to be a part of the production and engineering process and even the mixing process like really hands-on and kudos to him because he was like i'm down like sure let's do it so we kind of co-mixed co-produced and co-engineered the whole thing at his studio that he works out of but we got really collaborative. So I had like, again, the demos on my computer from like the years before even hitting the studio. And there were a lot of guitar sounds or maybe even like bass parts or like weird little things that I didn't want to try to recreate during that time. I wanted to just use for my session. So a lot of it was incorporated stuff that I had done. And then we did a lot of the record with him there. We did drums, bass, guitar, and then after I rented out a studio for another week and a half and I did a lot of other stuff myself. And then for the last sort of icing on the cake, I did in this room right here in, I'm in Montreal, Canada right now. I moved um, and did a lot of the post-production stuff there. So it was a real collaboration of doing stuff with him at his studio in Portland, Maine, and then doing stuff myself down in Boston and then finishing up with like, keys guitar any other things that we had missed up here in montreal up until the mixing process so i i just i just i want to back up a little bit because my mind exploded partly <laughs> you mean to tell me that like your last dp and everything was something that you did purely just on your own start to finish you did that well i should say we did drums with with Kev, we cut drums with him. And then I did everything else, like the bass, um, vocals. I did all the mixing myself, yes. So mostly everything, I want to say 80 to 90% I did myself, which felt like a move at the time. And it, it turned out fine, but yeah, just, I think there's a maturity in realizing that you can let people in to help um, when you need it. and. But yeah, it was all myself and it was a big learning process and I'm glad I did it. But I think this record was a little more intentional with like how to ask for help. That's, in, that's insane. Like, it, I mean, and I don't mean that in like uh, a bad way, like just that's crazy. That's awesome at the same time. But the fact that you did all of that, especially for the record and everything. And then, Wow. I, I'm lucky if I can create a TikTok or record a podcast episode 90% of the day and here you are and you're like, yeah, I did like 90% of this. And I'm like, I can't just even sorry, just to be clear, I did of the EP before the record. So the yes. record I did in collaboration a lot with Kev. Yes. But th yes. the thank you. Yeah. I mean, it was just COVID, right? I had so much time and I just like practiced and learned how to mix kind of. And I'm I still am learning, but it just had all that time to like just 
really hone in on a new skill and thought like, Hey, I have a band, I have music I'm writing, might as well use it to, you know, further what I'm trying to do here. So. Yeah, absolutely. Now, speaking of COVID and everything with the music, I know uh, a lot of artists took that time frame. Um, obviously, we couldn't go out and really do anything, but they really took that time frame to do exactly what you did of honing into that skill and being able to do all of that. How do you think that COVID impacted you guys as artists? Did it have a negative impact on you guys? Did it work in your favor? Because we've gotten mixed reviews about that. So it's always interesting to see yeah. how this sort of thing worked with your creative process. Yeah. As, as artists, you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Well, specifically for this project, I think it really helped. I think a lot of this record lyrically is about facing the underlying issues and things that you have rather not been vulnerable about and use busyness or work or achievement to mask the things that you have to face. And I think COVID was the catalyst of that concept of like, hey, you don't have these accomplishments, work that you have to do, busyness to distract you from that. So all of that lyrical content came from that idea. I think of something we were all feeling of like, I just have to deal with what's going on in my life at some point because there's, there's not much I can use to distract myself. Um, so I think for this record specifically with the lyrical content, like what we were, what I was going for there, it, it really, it was hard, but it helped bring out a lot of just that. Um, and then I think just on a more logistical level, like, like I said, just having the time to hone in on production skills and like how to get things done sort of in an insular way in my home studio was really cool to like really develop that skill. And, and I'm still sort of on that train and learning more and more and doing stuff for more for other artists now too. Um, so for me, I mean, I'm an introvert. Like I, I love talking to people. I love, I love interaction. Like it's awesome. But you know, I think I've always under, misunderstood what an introvert versus extrovert was. I used to think, Oh, if you're an introvert, you're like, you're shy or you're like, you're not very social, but I'm very like, I love being social, but I think I refuel and like feel myself the most when I'm sort of in the bubble and like doing my thing. So I don't know. I was kind of thriving, you know, for lack of a better term oh, yeah. during that time. Obviously, with it was so much, so much sadness and so much uncertainty going around. But I think I was able to sort of be like, cool, like how do I turn this into something useful and creative? Um, most days, some days I was not, and I just sort of watched movies and ate, you know, ice cream on the couch for many days. So, you know, not to say that it was this like great creative thing, but I think I was able to sort of get that time and be like, cool, like, how do we create something um, out of this that feels unique and special? So I think that reflects on the record. And I think to, to kind of, to piggyback on what you were just stating is I feel like, um, and again, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like COVID happening the way that it did also gave you guys a chance to like really slow down and refocus of, okay, where am I at? What do right. I want out of this? How do I want to do this? Because by that point, there was no time frame on anything and everything stopped for right. an extensive amount of time. Because right now we are in a major comeback for a lot of artists and musicians. Yeah. And it's like, it's like COVID incubated a lot of these brand new talents and these ideas and these themes and these genres. Um, so I feel like that's kind of, it gave you, it gave you the chance to do that, to sit, actually sit and focus instead of worrying about everything else. And then you've released this incredible record that came from that. And it's, 
it's really good to see and it's really awesome to see especially seeing your progression between some of the different songs and styles you have from like previous eps to your record and everything now you can see well you can see it if you're watching the different things but you can see you can hear it as well like how your progression and growth is and it's it's so as a listener myself it's incredible to hear thank you so much i really appreciate that um but it, I mean, just kind of also piggybacking to the fact that your previous EP you did ninety percent of. Is there is there anything that you can't do? Like oh, so much. <laughs> because everything that we've talked about, you're like you're killing it, and I'm like, is he is he like a man of many wonders? Am I missing something? No, no you are missing <laughs> a lot. <laughs> it's like like uh, I am thoroughly impressed with you and I am thoroughly proud of you guys for everything you guys have accomplished just in the short amount of time that like again we've known you and we've introduced to you and then getting the chance to actually sit and talk to you about these different things I'm just I'm mind blown by the talent that you guys possess like it's just thank you it's incredible and thank you so much I could probably sit here for the entire interview and tell you just how much I enjoy you, but then we wouldn't have an interview because it would just be me babbling for an hour. <laughs> but um, when it comes to, so I, I kind of want to go a little bit more on a personal side of things. You said you guys are, were you, are you saying that you're based out of Salem, Massachusetts? Ultimately? Yeah. So, yeah it's ultimately. Yeah. We all kind of live in different places now, but um we sort of met in that area, the North shore of Boston and practice there and sort of convene there. So we say Salem. Yeah. We had our album release show or album release party there and it was a very sort of hometown situation. So, yeah. So I, um, I am a very spooky person. Um, I love all things spooky. I have a big old jack-o'-lantern tattoo on my arm and nice. bats and everything. So just out of my own pure curiosity, is nothing related to music or anything else, but I just have to ask, like, what is Halloween like in Salem? Like, oh man, is it's it a crazy so, thing? <laughs> it's very crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. Halloween night is really fun because people just show up from around the world and it's like so cool to just be... Yeah, I mean, I love it. The only thing that's annoying, it's just, you know, when you're living there and you're trying to go to the grocery store to get eggs on a Thursday and it's just like takes you triple the amount of time. It's just, this is my like old man townie answer. It's just annoying in that aspect, but it's really cool in other aspects. But I don't live there anymore. I live in Montreal now. So it's right. nice because I'm able to go back and like visit friends and enjoy all of it, but I don't like live there anymore. So it's kind of like I get the best of both worlds. It takes you 10 minutes to get the eggs now instead of it being 30 exactly ultimately exactly i low-key have been dying to go to salem for halloween so when you said that my yeah little halloween heart just immediately went oh my god ask the question you should come out yeah yeah you should come it's it's nice it's it's everything you know you think it is it's spooky it's salem right where where are you all from uh so we're all on the east coast um autumn is in pennsylvania Brittany is in maryland and i'm in north carolina cool um i grew up in maryland with Brittany. we were in a band 15 20 years ago we were promoters uh venue promoters booking agents all of that stuff during the myspace days and then we all kind of came full circle about six months ago and here we are doing a music Uh podcast very cool (laughs) um yes but our musical talent as a band was not nearly as incredible as y'all's is (laughs) we were probably 
the worst Weezer cover band that you have ever experienced. That's that sounds cool. We could only play Beverly Hills. <laughs> That's where you want to be. Weezer would be disappointed. Okay. Very disappointed. Although, see, I was the drummer, Brittany was bass. So, like, we could play things collectively on our own, but as a band, yeah. we only got Beverly Hills by Weezer. We lasted maybe six months. We were all females, and it was uh, quite the adventure. That's cool. To, to put, it, put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, uh, when it comes to... And you guys have, you have an album release show coming up, don't you? Or did you just previously have that? So we had an album release party, just sort of celebrating the record, listening to to the songs. Um, But we have a show coming up on July 23rd in in Somerville, Massachusetts. Okay. And that's your big release show. Yes. That you guys are having. Yes. Okay. So now that we've got this, the album has released, as we said, it came out on June 3rd. You've got this album release show and everything that's coming up. Are there any tour aspects for this album that we can talk about or stay tuned for? We are still working that one through. Um, I think, yeah, we sort of had our head down working on this album and with the touring stuff, you know, like you said, everyone's kind of just getting back in at the same time. So it's, uh, we're just, yeah, working on when and how to kind of do that. We definitely want to bring these songs to people all over this country slash world as much as we can. Um, but nothing set in stone yet, but we're definitely working on some stuff. Okay. So then, okay. So we know tour wise is coming. So those of you that are listening, tour is coming eventually. And when that happens, we will be posting the flyer on ours because if it's remotely close to us, you better you better bet your bottom dollar that I'm going to be in that front row. But um, so we've got those two aspects. You've got that big show and everything coming up. What are some other things that we can expect from you guys um, by the end of the year? Like, what are some things that we have to look forward to aside from some of the stuff we've already talked about? Yeah, well, I think we are going to try to play at least some shows on the East coast. Like I said, some sort of version of of some sort of tour. See, Um, we're going to keep, keep, you know, I think having this album, uh, there's always a sense of when you release it, it's like, Oh, it's done. It's out. And as much as that's true, I love to just see when artists take the time to do cool stuff around the album, whether that's like, explanation of songs or sort of deep dives or just stuff around like each individual song so i think i'm still brainstorming but we've been talking a lot of ways to like just do cool stuff online to to do stuff um at our release party we premiered a documentary about heal my head and the making of the record and it went so well and uh we want to we're going to find a way this summer to premiere that um those episodes uh online so i don't have specific details of when that will be but definitely keep an eye out for that where we're going to kind of go more into the recording process and like the story behind the record cool i was just getting right when you were talking about that and i was like that's my next question when when is this coming out because you yeah. need to know when this is coming out and then you're like oh <laughs> this is where we're at and i was like yeah knew where i, I was going <laughs> right. Um, well, that's exciting, especially that you guys documented, because I feel like, again, like the way that we want people to see who you are outside of the music. And I feel like doing that type of documentary thing to kind of see the whole process is a good snapshot into the life of Valley Heart. 
Yeah. And it gives, again, it gives people something to relate to, to be able to see it. Um, now, are all three of you still in different places? I feel like we've talked about that. Because you're in Canada. I'm in Canada. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the other two guys, they're on the North Shore. One's in Salem, one's in Beverly, which is just the town over. Okay. So it's not too far. They're really close to each other. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but I go back a whole bunch to see them. And and yeah, so I'm always how, back there. Not, how far of a far. drive is that? It's five and a half. Um, oh, man. So yeah, but it's, I, I also don't mind it. I, I love I love doing the drive. Um, so yeah, it's not too bad. Okay. Now talking tour, we're kind of going back a little bit. Um, if you could create your ideal tour, what would your ideal tour be? Mm. Well, I'd say this band called Copeland. I um, love Copeland. Yeah, I love Copeland a lot. Uh, probably Copeland, uh, Manchester Orchestra. I like a whole lot too. I think that'd be cool um and man i'm gonna i'm gonna go one more but i don't know who uh let's see here so many so many artists in the world there really are though yeah um copeland manchester i'd say death cap for cutie that'd be cool i could see that that would be a really good vibe with you guys yeah, that'd be cool. I'm trying to make something that makes sense, right? Um, in this fake dream tour. Yeah, that'd be cool. Hey, this fake dream tour could be a reality. Could like, be, you never yeah. know. Yeah, you're right. It you're could, right. like, you're manifesting it right now, ultimately, yeah. in this yeah. interview. Exactly. It's going to happen. Exactly. You heard it here first. It'll happen. It'll it's happen. been manifested. Done. Um, now, I always love to ask this question, especially anybody that's currently in Canada. Uh, do you have loonies and toonies? Like that's your $1 bill and $2 bill. Is that a thing? You know, I don't know. I'm okay. Yeah. It's possible. I'm still learning about stuff up here and I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. I don't know if, do they call it that here? I'm not sure. I don't, there was, we were talking to one artist that was out of Canada and just kind of talking about like things between like America and Canada and how we have, obviously in the U S we have a dollar bill and then pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters. Yeah. And up in Canada, they have loonies and toonies, which is a $1 bill and a $2 bill. They do, And and they just kind of round it, like they round it up or round it down. Yeah. I don't know what they're called, but now I know. Wow. That's okay. That was weird. Also, uh, cutest moment just happened. Those of you that will be watching this interview versus listening to it, that as we were talking about that, all there was was a little paw in the bottom right-hand corner of Kevin's screen just shoot up into the into the video. Amazing. And it was the cutest thing. Like, you're talking, and then all I see is a little paw shoot yeah, up into the video. <laughs> chilling. Oh. Are... So that was adorable. I was like, that's cute. That's adorable. Yeah. Um, so what are some things that, uh, what's some advice that you would give up and coming or aspiring musicians? What's some advice that you would give them that you think would be super beneficial for them, whether it's going forward or going to recording or anything like that? What's something that you would tell them? Yeah. 
I would say, you know, I think I spent a lot of time when I was younger sort of telling myself, oh, I'm, I'm this, I'm an art, like I'm a musician, but like, I'm not a producer or I'm not a singer. Even at some point I was saying like, you kind of tell yourself these narratives. And I, I think this happens in life too, not just for musicians, but you kind of like, oh, I'm not this, but I would just challenge everyone to, of course, know your lane sometimes and get help. But I think especially nowadays with music, there's less of a like, oh, we got to hire this big producer, engineer guy. Like so many people are, are learning how to do stuff and it's, and it's messy and it's, but it's fun. And I think the more you learn and the more, you know, the more that can help your process. So don't be afraid to kind of open those doors of learning about different parts. Um, I think being an artist nowadays is much more integrated than it was before. You know, you got to have your f- sort of foot in everything. You got to know about obviously the social media side and all that stuff for better or for worse it's like just sort of diversify yourself in in what you know and always be learning and always be open and yeah don't limit yourself to sort of the roles you can play and no one asks for help but just know that like yeah you can try those things out now when you're talking about the just talking about asking for help when it comes to an artist that's uh, are we ca- talking about more of the idea of like, if you're trying to accomplish something as an artist, make sure you reach out to other people who may be able to teach you how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. I would say more teach you. Right. Cause it's almost like, and in, in I, and I need to take my own advice still, like you can hire people to do stuff, which is totally appropriate for certain situations. But a lot of these things I'm learning, it's like, sometimes I work with someone or something and it's not like it's bad or anything, but it's like, Oh wow. Like if I had just taken the time to invest in myself and like learn maybe how to use Photoshop and like make this flyer or something um, that could have been cool. And I could have like instilled exactly what I wanted rather than like chasing it with someone. And again, I say this carefully because I think there is a place for hiring people out and like doing stuff that you sure. can do sometimes. But I think being a, an artist these days you can't just be like, Oh, I just like play this and that's it. Like you need to sort of be savvy in other areas more than before. So don't be afraid of those areas. Learn as much as you can just learn, like learn stuff and try to just at least have a baseline knowledge in these things so that you can sort of communicate in the language. Even if you are working with other people that are like helping you and yeah, reach out to people that maybe are in your community that can help you learn about that stuff, you know? Sure. And I think this also coincides with um, an idea that we talk about a lot in our podcast and everything is to obviously ask for help, but also to kind of like shoot your shot. If there's something that you don't know or something that you want to work with or collaborate with or even learn from is to shoot your shot. Worst case scenario, they're going to tell you no, or they're not going to give you a response at all, but it never hurts to ask and it never hurts to do it. Um, a lot of success comes from that. I mean, ultimately that's kind of what we've done is we've literally shot our shot on social media in many ways, shapes or form. And you're either going to get a no or a no response, or you're going to get a sponsor. It's going to be the best thing you ever did. Right. So you're, you lose a hundred percent of the shots you never take. Yeah. And I feel like also, um, kind of piggybacking a lot of things that you've been talking about. We were told this previously. um, So anybody that's listening, uh, you were not meant to be small. You were not built to be small. So don't limit yourself on what you can do. 
um, take it and run with it and learn it. Um, the other thing that I want to ask you speaking on that same topic, do you, with this new wave and everything that we're in with music and social media and creativity and everything, do you think the, I don't want to say the acts, but like the tools and things that are available now are also given the artists much more of a voice and the ability to take back the music that they've been creating versus where it was a couple years ago? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's part of that conversation of the positives potentially of how social media is changing and becoming more hands-on for people creating content or whatever that means. You know, I think, yeah, like the algorithm now is way more push it's pushing like low production video and stuff like it's pushing stuff for people who sort of have baseline stuff not these like big a lot of expensive things and that's interesting to see and i think it's giving people the opportunity to express themselves or put themselves out there without needing much like month like money maybe or or just like notoriety or just all that stuff like you can if you have a creative enough idea or, or there's something that you can put that out there. Um, and again, I think that is, has a negative and a positive side where it's like, maybe you have just an oversaturation now because of that. But I definitely think it's a cool and interesting time to sort of ask those questions of like, how can I put myself out there in a creative way, given the landscape of sort of how people are, are interpreting this stuff? Sure. Now, how do you feel the especially when it comes to artists uh, and things like that, um, how much focus do you feel like an artist should have on their numbers? Do you feel like they're like your numbers and things that come through are a defining factor for an artist? Or is it something that you should really kind of keep in mind, but also not let it discourage you at the same time? Yeah. I mean, we have a song about this exact concept on the album called the numbers and Mm -hmm it's all about, yeah, just sort of the relationship between your mental state and the, you know, the number system of whether that's streaming numbers, followers, age, anything that sort of puts a marker on your identity. You know, I think it's important to be aware of of things and sort of make informed decisions to be smart about like, okay, cool. Like, what does this mean in terms of like where we're at in maybe our career or something like this? But I, yeah, I think it's a slippery slope and you got to be very careful because art, I think, is not meant to be quantified in that way. Um, And I understand criticism. I understand like critiques and then like, you know, I I just always find it's a fine line when art is just people expressing themselves and you can like it or you, you don't have to. But I think, yeah, I just find it's someone's interpretation of their experience. And if it's true and it's good then that's that's beautiful and there's some stuff that i like some stuff i don't like but yeah i just see it in a in a dish in a different way but i'm also i think to be unaware of the reality of how society or the music industry interprets it is maybe you know you don't want to be naive either but i think to maintain that sense of connectivity with yourself of like how you make good art you kind of need to put yourself in a space where you're not just like, okay, what am I writing? Is this going to reach the most amount of people? Like, is this, cause then, you know, you lose that aspect of writing for yourself and like the best material comes from that, in my opinion. So 
I guess the way I see it is like, it's sort of this like dark truth that's there. And I think in certain contexts, I try to be more aware of it where it's like, if I'm going through like the administrative side of stuff with a band, like I try to like be on that side of things more, but like, if I'm trying to just write or, or create or like be in the headspace in that sense, I don't want to think about any of that stuff. And it's, it's tough. It's not easy, but I, at least I try to see it that way. I think it's very, and just to validate one of the things that you stated that I think we, we all kind of miss on is the fact of when you start looking at the numbers, um, you lose a little bit of like your authenticity because you start creating things for other people instead of creating stuff for yourself. Yeah. And that's where you kind of have like an artistic burnout, I think is probably the best way to put it. Yeah. And then it's just not fun anymore. So I think that that's valid. I feel like that's a, that's a conversation that most, most people don't have, or most people don't think of. Mm-hmm. That's something that should probably be on a radar more so than anything else is especially being honest with you, honest with your music, honest with what you're doing. And you do, you make music for you with obviously some influence for other people as well. Cause that way you keep it apparent, but don't let that also define you as yeah. an artist. Like if you are, an alternative artist and then you're going to turn around and be like oh well now i'm going to go hip-hop because that's what everybody likes like yeah there's blurred lines definitely there definitely definitely um we are coming up to the hour mark as far as the interview and everything is concerned so one way that we always love to um, kind of wind down our interviews and conversations that we have. We've already asked you advice and stuff that you would give like up and coming artists and things like that. And you touched on this a little bit, but if there was any advice that you could give your younger self, what would that be? Hmm. To try to be as present as possible with the situations and the moments that you find yourself in. Um, and also take more risks. I feel like that's what everyone always says, but I'm, I'm going to say that too. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you never take. There it is. Shoot your shot. It all just came full circle towards the end of this interview. Do it, do it, do it. Um, but again, we do want to thank you and everything for coming and hanging out with us. Um, Absolutely. Um, Like I said, you guys are absolutely killing it right now. You've got your brand new album and everything that just dropped not too long ago. You've got this exciting show for your release party coming. Well, your release show, you've already got your party. You got your release show coming up Um, and then potential tour and all these really exciting things. And like I've said a million times, I am extremely proud of you and everything that you have accomplished. And I am in all of you and your talent and everything that you do have. I wish I had a fraction of that um because like i said there's some mornings where i'm lucky if i can take a video on my phone or even record a podcast episode so um, there are some mornings surprise i can go to the grocery store so i'm with (laughs) i i wake up in the morning and i still kind of assess my life choices and feel like i'm 90 years old so like i get get it i live that life (laughs) but uh, again, we want to appreciate you for coming to hang out with us, um, making all of this work, getting all of this scheduled and everything. Um, we thoroughly enjoyed having you. You're more than welcome to come back on our show at any time. And if there's anything that we could ever do for you, 
in any way, shape or form. I, unfortunately I ain't got a million dollars, so I can't give you a million dollars, but I know. Right. Right. If I had a million dollars, like it'd be great, but either way, if there's anything that we could ever do for you in any way, shape or form or anybody in Valley heart, please let us know. And we'll be more than happy to do that. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, we've been hanging out with Kevin of Valley heart here with us today. Um, please make sure that you go and find them on social media, find them on social media. You can find them on Spotify, Apple music, Instagram, a little bit of everywhere. And please make sure you go and stream heal my head, their brand new album that just dropped on June 3rd, please go and play it on repeat. Um, I will challenge you to try and beat me at my streams of this album. Um, if you can beat me, then you're a pro, but I don't think you will. So that's my challenge to you. Um, please go and stream that. Um, if you want to stream my favorite song, you can also put numbers on repeat because it's, it's literally my favorite on the entire album. But Kevin, again, we appreciate you coming to hang out with us. Uh, and making this work but ladies and gentlemen we are the elder emo hours and we've been hanging out with kevin of valley heart